So welcome to our bonus podcast. I'm Donatas Urbanas and I'm joined by my colleague from basketnews.com, Aratio Kauke. Aratio, what's up? I'm doing fine, Donatas. Uh, happy to be back uh, with this version of the podcast. And I believe that we have some very interesting topics for today. Yeah, in recent weeks, our focus was on the Olympic Games. Uh, we had many Lithuanian podcasts. Also, we had some English roundtables after every round in Tokyo. But when Urbonus is with Oratio, that means that we are here to talk about the free agency things. So we cannot ignore the fact that NBA free agency started, that there is still some, not some, big uncertainty about the upcoming CBA season. So we are here today to discuss uh, EuroLeague and CBA markets and specifically top 10 EuroLeague market players with a potential to hit the NBA free agency and also 10 most intriguing uh, players coming from the CBA, which could land either to NBA, EuroLeague or other markets. So to begin with, uh, Orazio, uh, can you tell me what kind of information you have about the next CBA season, if there will be foreign players involved during the season and what's going on with coronavirus cases uh, increasing again in China? Yeah, um, so uh, the last uh, update that I received was, uh, let's say, at the end of July when there was this meeting of the Chinese Basketball League, all the teams, uh, the majority of the teams voted for, uh, uh, let's say, a classic format of the regular season with home and away games, but without foreign players. Uh, while uh, uh, other teams, let's say the, the bigger clubs of the CBA, the, the, the teams that usually have the bigger budget, uh, five out of 20 teams, uh, they voted to have foreign players on the rosters, but to play in a bubble environment, just like the NBA did back in Orlando. Uh, there hasn't been a, a final decision yet on how to start the season, but uh, most likely, you know, with the increase of the cases in, uh, in China, because the numbers are rising a little bit again in China after several weeks without uh, many cases, uh, I believe that it's going to be difficult to see uh, the foreign players uh, in the CBA, especially at the beginning of the season. You know, maybe with the season starting and progressing, there will be some room to have some foreign players. But uh, at the start of the season, I think it's, it's unlikely that uh, foreign players will be there. Yeah, I talked to some, let's say, participants of the CBA and they also told that they kind of feel like it's leaning towards the scenario where there won't be imports, at least, as you said, you know, in the beginning of the season. And uh, it's crazy, actually, when you, when we talk about uh, the CBA, uh, the main idea of uh, not allowing uh, foreign players to come to play in the league was that many of CBA teams had some financial problems. Uh, and we never thought that uh, China teams might have some, you know, money issues. But the thing is that many of these teams are sponsored by some very rich personalities, very rich guys. And some of their business uh, weren't affected by coronavirus, but most of them uh, had, let's say, 
revenue decreased by 50% even more. So that's a significant difference. So that's one of the problems which CBA is facing. Also, you know, with coronavirus cases uh, raising, rising, uh, there's a problem with fans coming to the arena uh, because a lot of money uh, is coming, you know, from ticketing and stuff. So these are two main uh, issues China uh, CBA League is facing right now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so most likely uh, there won't be uh, any foreign players at the start of the season. But you know, to begin, like uh, analyzing the, the 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 article that I wrote for basketnews.com, uh, as you mentioned, I wrote a list of ten of the most intriguing players that can become available. Uh, considering that the CBA will probably won't have uh, foreign players at the beginning of the season. I started my list with uh, a player that uh, is well known in Europe because he has already played there. Uh, I'm talking about Darius Adams. Uh, he's now 32-year-old. Uh, uh, he has been uh, in China now for uh, several seasons. Uh, since, his, uh, since his arrival in the CBA, he averaged at least 30 points per game in, in every season. Uh, he won the scoring champion title in 2018 and uh, he also won the Chinese league in 2017 with the Xinjiang Flying Tigers. Uh, he spent then these past two seasons with the Qingdao Eagles uh, and he was still one of the best scorers uh, in the league. So uh, uh, for me, he is probably right now the best player that can come out out of the out of the CBA. Uh, of course, at this point of the summer, it's not easy, you know, to to find a spot for him, especially in a Euroleague club, because uh, most of the teams they already have their roster set for the next season, and uh, Adams is is a player that has been making very good money in China. So unless he decides to take a certain type of pay cut, it's not going to be easy to see him in a European team. But I, I believe there is also uh, an additional factor that can be uh, useful for him. The fact that he has the Bulgarian passport. So that makes him a more... Uh, um, more easy to get on the market because you don't need to register him as a foreign player, but you can have him as a, as a European guy. Uh, but again, as of right now, I don't see many available spots for him in Europe. But of course, a player like him could definitely help some top teams. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on his Twitter profile and a month and a half ago, he tweeted, if I come back to Europe, which jersey could you see me in? Yeah, that's a, that's a great tweet, and yeah. there were so many fans responding like Panathinaikos, Basconia. I see that Augusto Lima, the player of Murcia, you know, he's inviting him to join Murcia. Also, David Logan replied. So Malcolm Delaney, <laughs> Darius yeah. Adams is a great guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, another uh, another player that I mentioned in the article, uh, and this I, I believe uh, would be a very nice player to see in Europe, also because so far in his career he has never played in Europe, uh, is Joseph Young. Is uh, another one of those guys that have 
that have, have been dominating the, the Chinese league in the last few seasons. Uh, he played with the Nanjing Monkey King in the 2019-2020 season. And he was huge because in a single game, he was able to score 74 points uh, in one of the last regular season game. And of course, at the end of the season, he won the, uh, the scoring title of the, of the CBA because he averaged uh, 38.3 points per game uh, with also 6.4 assists and 2.3 steals. Uh, his numbers in the Chinese league have been absolutely crazy. Uh, but of course, that is not something new because in the Chinese league, most of the offensive load, you know, relies on the, on the overseas player. They have a lot of freedom. They can take a lot of shots. So that's why their numbers are so uh, are so high. Uh, before joining the the Chinese league, Young spent uh, a couple of seasons in the in the NBA with the Indiana Pacers, but he never found uh, a lot of minutes with uh, with the Pacers. So that's why he decided to uh, to leave the United States and find his uh, new way in the in the Chinese league. Uh, I, personally, I would be very intrigued to, to see him playing in Europe, but just like in the situation of Adams, I don't see many open spots for him. And uh, especially if he doesn't decide to take a pay cut. Yeah, both actually both Adams and both Joe Young would be a perfect fit for Jargris Kaunas because they're looking for a scoring point guard. They were after Emmanuel Moutier. So these two players fit that picture uh, very well. The only problem about Joe Young, as you mentioned, he never played in EuroLeague. So yeah. it would be you know, a hard adjustment for him uh, to become a solid uh, starting point guard for the EuroLeague team with you know, playoff ambitions. And you know, he was always you know, about himself. He's very strong individually, but the, mo the most important question is if he can you know, involve his players and if he can be a scorer for a winning team. So that would be a interesting uh, hard adjustment but yeah it would be really fun to see both uh, Joe and Darius uh, in the EuroLeague yeah and to to continue on the list I also mentioned another guy and now we're, we're talking about a different role because we're talking about a big man this time and it's Andrew Nicholson uh, from Canada uh, I think that you know especially the NBA the NBA fans will remember him a little bit because he spent several years in the NBA between Orlando uh, Washington uh, the Brooklyn Nets um, since he since he entered the Chinese basketball league his numbers have been incredible and uh, the thing that uh, i noticed mainly was the fact that now he has become a much more consistent three-point shooter uh, which was something that he really wasn't uh, when he was still playing in the nba he was a much more inside player now he has this double dimension uh, that made him a much more dangerous player uh, of course again his numbers in china have been huge uh, I think it can be uh, a great uh, addition for teams that are looking for a power forward, a, a versatile power forward with, with shooting, but also with his rebounding presence and uh, his skills offensively because he's also a very good player in the post. Uh, but 
just like the other two cases, to be honest, I don't see many open spots for him. And if he if he's not going to play in China, I believe that maybe there is more uh, probability to see him playing in the NBA, maybe having another opportunity in the NBA. In Europe, I just I just don't see him finding a spot in Europe. Uh, especially now, right now, maybe with the season already started, with the season progressing and some teams want to make another addition to change a little bit the team. But as of right now, I think it's going to be very difficult. Yeah, when I'm looking at the team needs in the EuroLeague, uh, most of these, you know, teams which didn't uh, complete their roster yet, they're looking for guards. So, which is good for, for example, Joe uh, Young or Darius Adams. For example, it will be interesting to see Darius Adams and CSK Moscow if Pangos uh, would would end up in the NBA. Uh, but for bigs, the market is really closed. Personally, there's only Anadolu FS right now. They're looking, but let's say they're looking for more like a center. Uh, and then maybe Monaco, but yeah, this is very tough market in the Euroleague. So probably we're gonna expect him. We're expecting to see him in, in a different place. Yeah, and uh, to to continue with with the list, uh, other two players that I mentioned, and uh, um, they are they've been incredible in the Chinese league. Uh, one is Jamal Franklin, as a small forward. Uh, who can be uh, who can be basically a um, a triple double machine in the Chinese basketball league? His numbers have been huge. He's uh, also an excellent three point shooter. Uh, uh, he has always shot with at least thirty nine percent from three point during his experience in China. Uh, his numbers have been uh, crazy. Uh, of course, he has never played in Europe before so that's another thing that you have to uh, to consider because frankly in his in his in his uh, career so far he has always played in the NBA or in China he never played in Europe so uh, that will require a certain level of adjustment uh, and that's why I think it's unlikely to see to see him in Europe another guy and that 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 is a player that you probably know very well is Donatas Monteyonas uh, now he has been playing in China for several years. Um, that, um, of course, uh, even his numbers there have been great. But the fact that I that he has been playing in China, I think he, he took some lights away from him because he hasn't been involved very much with the national team recently. Uh, and uh, despite the fact that he's still a pretty good player and he's, he's not that old either, uh, I just uh, I just don't think that it's going to be easy to see him in Europe also because in China he has been making very, very good money. Yeah, I heard that Monaco uh, was interested in his uh, situation. Uh, also, maybe he he would be a good fit for Anadolu FS because he's very skilled. He can also stretch the floor. He had some problems with free throw shooting, which which was uh, surprisingly low. He was sh- making free throws like less than 50%. Uh, he can rebound. He got physical. When you re- remember his first years, probably you remember well him in Treviso, where yeah. he was a power forward, but so skinny, you know, that the main problem for him, it looked like he's too soft uh, for the highest level basketball, but actually now he's a, a real center, 
Uh, of course, I'm not sure how these years in China affected he, the quality uh, of the game. So for him, it would you know it would require some time to adjust uh, for uh, for the importance of every possession, for the physicality physicality of the league and stuff. But for sure, it would be a great fit uh, for most of the uh, Euroleague teams. But uh, as far as I, I was hearing, that he he keeps all his options uh, open. I mean, even if it's China, probably Japan, also the NBA. You know, like year uh, year and a half ago or something like that, he was playing for San Antonio. Yeah. So he's still also you know on B, on the NBA radar. So yeah, my guy Donatas is going to be very interesting to see where he gonna land. I hope in Europe because we're you know we're really uh, intrigued to see you know what can he offer for for this level. Yeah. Uh, another player that I mentioned in the article, and that's uh, this is something maybe for more a little bit of nostalgic fans, is uh, Miroslav Radulica, uh, who has been, of course, uh, a very important presence in Europe for several years, also because he has a very strong personality, is a very interesting character as a as a person. Uh, now he has been playing in China for several years. Uh, his last experience in Europe was with uh, Olympia Milan back back in 2016, 2017. So now he has been playing in China for three or four years. Uh, not a surprise, his numbers there have been crazy good. He's a double-double machine. Uh, um, of course, with, with Radulica, there is also now the factor that he's not exactly a young guy anymore. He's 33 years old. Uh, when you get used to the rhythms of Chinese basketball with a shorter regular season, you know, and with a rhythm that is definitely slower and less intense than European basketball, it's going to be difficult to adjust again to the to the Euroleague basketball, for example, because the, the season is much longer. There is much more physicality. And for a player that has been playing in China for three or four years now, I don't think it's going to be easy to adjust immediately to 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 the Euroleague to Euroleague basketball. And I don't know how many teams, you know, can offer him the same amount of money that he's been making in China. Yeah, Miro is so funny. Uh, I remember uh, once, uh, probably it was a friendly game uh, between Lithuania and Serbia, and in the mix zone we were interviewing Mantas Kalnietis. He played with uh, Radulica in Milano, and Radulica just video bombed, uh, bombed the interview. And what was funny, he was saying uh, some crazy words in Lithuanian, and it's not like just you know some bad words which usually foreign players uh, got to learn, but some crazy words like badger, for example. Uh, there's such an animal like badger, and he was saying it in Lithuanian, barsukas. I mean, it's it's the weirdest thing which you can hear from foreign uh, guys. So Miro would you know he would. Uh, give a, a nice flavor for the Euroleague uh, if he would come back. Yeah, I've, I agree. Uh, another uh, player that I mentioned in the article, and this, uh, and this is someone who has already some European experience too, is Trey Golden. Uh, this uh, Golden has only played one season in China so far in his career, but it was a, a very, very good season for him. Um, it's uh, I, I believe he's a player that uh, he shouldn't be 
needing like a lot of time to adapt again to the European basketball because he has already experienced. He was one of the top scorers in the Turkish league with uh, Bacesehir. Uh, he had a great season there. Uh, he can score a lot. And uh, this is maybe some of the guys that I think he has some chances to go back to Europe even right now because he wasn't used to make like crazy money in Europe. He was a regular salary guy. So I believe that there is some chances even in Italy, he has been linked to a potential move to Virtus Bologna. Uh, even if I don't think that right now is their number one option for that spot because Virtus is still looking for a combo guard, you know, can finalize the roster because basically the only players that they need right now is a replacement for Stefan Markovic, who has left the team. Uh, Golden, of course, is a player with different characteristic, different skill set. He's much more of a scorer than Markovic. Uh, but yeah, I believe he's probably the guy that among the others that I mentioned in the article is probably the guy who has more chances to come back to Europe right now. Yeah, you can continue your list because I see some very well-known name uh, after uh, Trey Golden. Yeah, uh, another uh, another guy that probably a lot of our listeners uh, know very well is, uh, of course, Jimmer Fredette. Um, we we remember him from his experience with uh, with Panathinaikos. Uh, it was kind of a little bit of an ups and downs season for him. He had some great games. I remember him uh, exploding against Milan with 28 points. He, he played a fantastic game. He's a hell of a shooter, of course. Uh, but he, all, he has also some limitation that, especially at the EuroLeague level, uh, is not uh, is not simple to hide. The fact that he's not that big uh, for a guard, is not exactly a great defensive player. And of course, he needs to have the ball in his hands uh, for, a, for a certain amount of time to be really effective. Uh, in China, his reputation is completely different. He's kind of a, a leader out there. Uh, he has been playing for the Shanghai Sharks for, for several years. Uh, uh, he has been the MVP of the league. Is uh, uh, very well known around all the country. Uh, also because he, he was already kind of a cult player uh, when, he was, uh, when he was in the NBA, when he was playing with the Sacramento Kings. Uh, I think that when they drafted him, they knew that he, was, he wasn't going to become a star, but considering the amount of hype that he was bringing with himself out of the college, it was, uh, it was hard not to pick him because uh, there was uh, really, really a lot of fans uh, for, uh, about his game. Uh, again, he has some limitations and uh, when it comes to his chances of playing again in Europe, I believe that he will need to take a huge pay cut to, to come back, especially right now in this period. Yeah, if money wouldn't be a problem, I see him, for example, I could see him in Cervena Zvezda, Belgrade, uh, for example, because if I'm correct, uh, they're, they're still missing the shooting guard. Even though I'm hearing rumors about uh, Stefan Markovic, uh, Stefan Jovic, also both of them uh, likely, you know, to join uh, Belgrade's team. 
I think that, you know, uh, Jimmer would be really nice replacement for Jordan Lloyd because they, you know, shared kind of the same uh, profile uh, on the court. So in the EuroLeague, yeah, it will be re- very fun to see him in Belgrade. Yeah, and the the environment, I think it will be great for him because he has already been in a very hot environment like Panathinaikos. So that there wouldn't be new for him. Uh, last two names that I mentioned in, in the article. Uh, one is uh, another player that has never played in Europe so far is Ian Clark. Uh, he has been playing in China for the last two seasons, uh, especially the first one was really, really good. It was coming off uh, two. Uh, it was coming off two seasons with uh, with the New Orleans with the New Orleans Pelicans. He has been. Actually, pretty good player in the NBA coming off the bench. He was a very useful piece for New Orleans. Uh, then, you know, after, after uh, the last season with New Orleans, he decided that uh, a lot of the offers that he was getting from the NBA weren't really a good fit for him, both financially and technically. So that's why he decided to join the, the Chinese league, also because he got a very good financial offer. Uh, again, this is one of the guys that I don't really see uh, playing in Europe uh, very soon because, uh, of course, he has no EuroLeague experience. He's coming from a very good contract. He is more used to the NBA environment. So I don't think it's very likely to see him in Europe. But uh, who knows, maybe someone will be able to, to recruit him. And the last name on the list is another European veteran, uh, a player that I, I believe many fans know very well is uh, uh, Sonny Wims, who has been playing in Europe for several years. Uh, we remember him, especially with Seska Moscow. He has been there for three seasons. He was a very important player. Um, he has been playing very good in China. Uh, of course, he's no longer a young guy. He's 35 years old. But uh, I think he will be a very smart addition for a couple of EuroLeague teams that want to contend for the title because having a guy with his talent, with his experience, uh, it will be very, very good. So I, I envision him as a in-season addition like the season has already started you want to add another piece that gives you more depth more experience i believe that sony wims could could do the job yeah i completely agree with you but my only concern is that i think that he made his choice when he finally decided to you know to play in china he's 35 and you know i think that uh, his main priority right now is to get a better uh paycheck you know uh, let's say to uh, to be confident about his uh, future uh, and stuff so I have doubts if he would go back to the EuroLeague although I think that yeah as I said you know he would be a great fit for any uh, title uh, contender as of right now probably the only team which is missing a swingman uh, or a small forward is I would say Alba Berlin but yeah, so far, there were some rumors about about Barcelona, you know, uh, monitoring Gabriel Dex situation. Uh, but Dex camp denied the rumors uh, for, for Spanish media outlets and also from Shoruna Sisikavich's interview. I understood that they kind of don't have much money uh, for this uh, addition, for any addition, uh, actually, yeah. because Barcelona organization is having some financial troubles. So any addition yeah. is uh, not very... 
likely. But yeah, during the season, you know, if if TBA will be closed uh, for for the imports, uh, who knows? I wouldn't be surprised to see him here in Euroleague. Yeah, uh, as you said, uh, the Barcelona situation is really difficult right now. We we saw everyone saw what happened last night with with Lionel Messi, and now the uh, the old social media world is going crazy because they basically had an agreement to extend the contract, but La Liga is putting a lot of financial limitation to Barcelona, so they can't really sign him right now. And I believe that some of those troubles, of course, will extend to the basketball team. Yeah, and I'm not a big, uh, you know, football fan. Uh, but uh, so far from what I saw on social media, he's uh, going to Los Angeles Lakers, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. I mean, if you want to win the title, that's the, that's the right place to, to do it. <laughs> okay, so you can find uh, Horacio's article uh, 10 most intriguing players coming from the CBA uh, on basketnews.com. And now we can continue with the EuroLeague and NBA bridge. Uh, top 10 EuroLeague market players to hit the free a- NBA free agency, also on basketnews.com. And I will start with uh, Kevin Pangos, uh, for sure, uh, one of the probably the second hottest name on the EuroLeague market uh, after Vasily Misic. Uh, it's clear he's not co- coming back to Zenit, and it's pretty clear that he has a commitment to CSK Moscow. But from what I'm hearing, there's, uh, uh, let's say, not many chances that he's going to stay in the EuroLeague since he has uh, some serious NBA interest. And some of my sources are mentioning that Memphis Grizzlies might be a front runners uh, to sign this Canadian point guard. Yes, uh, I was hearing the same thing about Memphis. Is the team that has probably followed him much uh, in the in the last few weeks. And uh, from what I understand, uh, uh, Kevin Pangos is really, really willing to to try the NBA route, the NBA market. He wants to have a shot at the NBA, so that's why. So far, he hasn't accepted any offer from from Euroleague teams because, uh, of course, Zenit tried to extend him. It, it was a pretty good offer, a two-year deal that he was worth around 2.4, 2.5 million. So it was a really good offer, but he decided to turn that down. Uh, there is, uh, of course, a big offer from Sesco Moscow, uh, which is around 3 million euros for two seasons. But even in that situation, you know, he's still waiting for uh, for the NBA offer to to develop to to see what what he can get in the NBA market. So yeah, my my belief is that in the end he will he will join the NBA. Yeah, I, I saw Kevin playing in summer league a few year, a few years ago, probably in twice in the summer league, and he was he was doing really good job. He had. To, a great time uh, in in Vegas, so I think I, I actually see him being as a solid backup uh, point guard for the NBA teams. And there is another solid uh, backup guard for the NBA teams on my list. It's Mike James, uh, who has probably one of the most uh, mysterious cases here because probably officially he's still a player of CSK Moscow. Uh, and there was a plan, you know, Vatutin uh, let him go to the NBA uh, during the season after another conflict uh, between Mike James and Itudis. Uh, and they kind of had an agreement, you know, to reconsider his uh, 
future in Moscow if, for example, Dimitri Setudis was leaving the team after the season. But since they extended the contract with Setudis, uh, Mike James uh, will be, let's say, a free agent. And it is expected, at least from what I've heard, that he he's going to stay in the NBA. Uh, mostly because he had a really good time with Brooklyn Nets uh, last season. He averaged 7.7 and points, 4.2 assists in only 18 minutes in, in 13 NBA games for Brooklyn. And something that uh, it's also uh, likely that Mike James uh, might continue with Brooklyn Nets despite the fact that they declined the qualifying offer for, for James. So probably he, I saw that he's doing a good uh, time He's having a good time in Portland. I think it's one of the, let's say, kind of uh, summer tournaments. He's scoring like 40 points, uh, 40 points per game, uh, uh, making crazy dunks, uh, good, good game-winning shots and stuff like that. So I, I believe that his place is uh, overseas. Yeah, I believe that he's going to stay in the NBA. As you said, he had a pretty good stint with the Brooklyn Nets. He was positive coming off the bench. And I think if if he's getting used to that kind of role, he can be actually a very nice player for several NBA teams because uh, a guy like him coming off the bench, you know, with his talent, with his scoring abilities, and also as a passer, I think that uh, most most of the times we underrated him a little bit as a passer, but he's, he's a great assist man too. Uh, so yeah, I think his destiny is going to be s- still in the NBA also because even if the deal with Seska Moscow is in some ways is still in place, there is no room for him with uh, is still on the bench. So yeah, I believe that he's going to stay in the NBA also for next season. Another great guard on my list is Shane Larkin, but uh, mostly uh, I put him on the list uh, mostly because he has NBA out in his contract, even though it is not expected that he's going to leave uh, Anadolu FS. Uh, because, first of all, he has a really good salary over there. It was reported last year that his uh, contract might be worth around $4 million uh, per year. And I was told that he will leave for the NBA only if he gonna get really, really solid NBA offer. And I'm not sure if NBA teams are ready, you know, to throw throw out uh, a lot of money for Shane Larkin. Although I'm not uh, disappointed at all because uh, uh, it's a pleasure to have such a guy like him uh, in the EuroLeague. And uh, you know, to continue with Shane's situation, like uh, the players who are have NBA out clause. I can uh, also include Shavon Shields uh, on that list. Ethan Lundberg, Peria Henry, Yanis Papapetro, Rodion Skuruks, who signed with Partizan. But uh, again, it's it's not uh, likely that these uh, players uh, will leave Europe. Yeah, I, I believe that, uh, especially with the Larkin situation, it, it will require like a really, really big offer from the NBA to to leave uh, to leave Anadolu because as you said he's making very good money in Turkey uh, he's a key player for the team and that's another thing like he's not is not the kind of player that is going to go back to the NBA to be let's say the third point guard in the roster that that's not going to happen so I don't see many NBA teams that can offer him uh, um, a, a, 
a very good role, you know, with minutes and with responsibilities, it's going to be difficult. And all the other guys that you mentioned, I, I also heard about NBA interest for, for Shadon Shields, but it's, I don't think it's going to happen this summer. Maybe next summer there will be more chances, especially for Shields, uh, because his, his contract also is gonna is gonna end with Milan. Uh, but yeah, I believe that that there might be more movement next summer and not not this one. Yeah, another guy on my list actually signed an NBA deal. It's Jock Landale who signed uh, uh, with San Antonio Spurs. It's a two-year deal and. I was a bit surprised and I think that uh, many uh, European basketball people were also surprised too and I'm talking about uh, GMs, Euroleague clubs and stuff uh, because there wasn't uh, you know, much belief that John Landale is a player of NBA guaranteed contract. I mean, he was getting two-way deals but it was not uh, what he was looking for. Uh, but Jock Landale was the guy who was like dreaming about the NBA like a kid and some of the teams were, were you know, let's say smiling uh, because of his hopes because they just didn't believe that uh, he's the NBA player right now and he refused uh, big offers uh, from Olympiacos uh, in, in the beginning of the summer. Later, Anadolu FS stepped uh, in and they offered something close to 1 million euros and I mean, Euroleague champs are offering you, giving you th that kind of money which is, you know, huge, but he still, uh, I, I heard that he was committed to Anadolu FS, but they agreed, uh, you know, letting him uh, testing NBA market. Uh, and that's why Anadolu FS didn't announce uh, this deal uh, officially, because they wanted to wait if he gonna make, uh, if he gonna sign the NBA deal. And it actually happened. And Jock Landell made huge sacrifices for this NBA deal. Uh, I can, uh, uh, we can remember the last season when he uh, parted ways with Jalgiris Konas and he actually had to pay a big amount of, of the buyout for Jalgiris uh, from his own pocket. And he ended up uh, signing in Australia, not the NBA. And many people thought that it's a huge uh, mistake by Landale, by his agents. But now we can see, you know, that guy fulfilled his dream and you know it's exciting because san antonio spurs is very well known as an organization who um you know who's a which is a good fit uh, for let's say okay jock is australian but for international players yeah no i agree i think he found the right team for him also because right now san antonio is a little bit in a rebuilding situation they are trying to build a new cycle they have a lot of young players and i think in the front court he will have some minutes he will he will find his, his space uh that uh, as you said that was always his intention you know in this in the season he played in australia I remember several interviews in, in which he said, listen, I know that I am an NBA player. I believe that other guys had a chance before me, even if they are not better than me. So he was very, very willing to, to text and explore the NBA market. He really wanted to go there. As you said, he, he turned down several offers. At the beginning of the summer, there was strong interest from Olympiacos. Uh, then there was this deal with with FS, but uh, uh, as far as I know, for him that was 
only a kind of an insurance policy. You know, if I don't get anything from the NBA, at least I have a very good offer from Europe. But his number one option was always the NBA. He was very, very convinced that this was the summer to, to, to join the NBA. And in the end, he was lucky, you know, to find a deal and to find it also in, in a good environment. Because again, I believe that in San Antonio, he's going to have minutes He's going to play. He's going to have some space. And, of course, that's great news for him. Yeah, Rokas Gedraitis and his camp uh, also think that this is a, uh, this is the summer. This is the summer to uh, make the NBA and to sign a guaranteed deal. Uh, Rokas has a contract with uh, Basconia, uh, which runs through 2023. Uh, and what is interesting that Gedraitis... Uh, was always getting these two-way deals, uh, these summer league invitations in past two seasons, even when he played for Alba Berlin, for example. But he was so focused about, you know, uh, making his mark in the EuroLeague uh, that he, you know, turned all of them down. But this time I'm hearing that his camp really believes uh, that they can sign him to a guaranteed deal. Uh, and the problem is that he has a buyout clause, uh, which is uh, around 1 million uh, euros. Uh, but yeah, there's a huge belief and it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, what will happen in the upcoming weeks. And for me, it seems like that Basconia kind of, you know, uh, they, were re- they were ready for this departure. I mean, they signed Simone Fontecchio, who was having... Who had great, great Olympic games, and it seems like he could already make a huge impact on Basconia the next season, and they kind of, you know, share the same position. So if Gedraitis is gone, I mean, they have a right guy in place. Yeah, also because you know uh, I've been hearing about this possibility since March, April. So th- there were already rumors about him potentially going to the NBA, having. NBA interest uh, and as you said his, his agents have been pretty active in finding uh, the right team for him the, the right offer uh, of course there, there's gonna be the need to pay the buyout but you know a team can contribute to 775k extent so with a million euros buyout yeah I mean you it's gonna be a little bit easier uh, but yeah, there is definitely interest for him. And yeah, I, I also believe that Basconia in some ways already prepared to, to lose him. Uh, also, because unfortunately for Basconia, they are used to this kind of situation. I mean, they lost so many players over the years because of NBA deals, because of deals with, let's say, bigger EuroLeague teams with bigger budgets and, and everything. Uh, last season, they lost... Uh, Vildosa right before the uh, the playoffs so uh, in in some ways they already have a lot of experience in this environment yeah that's kind of you now their identity to be a good platform for the Euro player, players to make uh, the jump to the NBA and okay they kind of you know let's say we can say that they lost these players but also you know they got they received the right amount of money uh, yeah. for, for this reward so I think that Basconia will be okay and we already see that they have uh, interesting players on the roster uh, to make the NBA in, in the future uh, Nigel Hayes uh, Nigel Hayes is another guy on my list and uh, he was really uh, getting 
uh, enough attention from the Euroleague teams uh, lately. He was uh, rumored to be on Panathinaikos radar from the beginning of the free agency. Also, Unix Kazan was the last team uh, who was rumored uh, to be interested in uh, Nigel Hayes. But the thing uh, about Nigel is uh, that he is desperate to get back to the NBA uh, because he had offer from Jalgiris to sign an extension, uh, let's say in February. But he rejected it and his uh, mind was clear that he wants to go back. Uh, he had a nice workout uh, with the Boston Celtics. Um, he was always getting that interest from the NBA uh, during the season. And um, I'm not sure if it's going to be a guaranteed contract or two-way deal. But ex I don't expect uh, to see Nigel Hayes coming back to the EuroLeague. Yeah, I agree. He's not coming back. He has been very, very, you know, with his mind clear about the possibility of going back to the NBA. Also because, you know, being in the United States, he can be much more closer to his family. Uh, so that's uh, that's his decision. Uh, I, uh, I heard that potentially might get like a partially guaranteed deal in, in the NBA. So it's probably not going to be fully guaranteed, but it's going to be some guarantee in it. And yeah, despite the interest from EuroLeague clubs, I think his mind is already set on returning to, to the NBA and to the United States. Yeah, the same with uh, Tyler Darcy, a former Maccabi Tel Aviv uh, player, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. Uh, he's drawing interest from several NBA teams and he's not expected to come back to, uh, to Europe. Uh, Ishmael Wainwright, uh, another guy on my list, uh, already uh, agreed on a two-year deal with the Toronto Raptors. That was the team he was linked uh, from the last season, actually. He... He had an offer from Toronto during the season when he was playing for Strasbourg. Uh, the thing was that it was only the first season guaranteed uh, with, a, let's say, team option, uh, either to extend it or not for the next season. But the problem was uh, Strasbourg uh, at the moment. They didn't uh, allow him uh, you know, to leave the team, so he stayed in Strasbourg. But now he finally got what he wanted. And actually, uh, he was, again, targeted by the Euroleague teams, specifically uh, Jargiris Konas really wanted uh, to bring him uh, to Konas, but his focus uh, was uh, on the NBA, uh, just like Isaiah Cordenia, for example. He had a great season in Nanterre, he made the first uh, All-Euro Cup uh, team, Jargiris, Maccabi Tel Aviv, many other Euroleague teams uh, were after him because he's very athletic uh, swingman. A uh, very intriguing uh, free agent, uh, but the thing is that um, Brooklyn Nets own his rights, and it's he's expected, you know, to sign the contract in the NBA already. The only guy who is still, you know, not clear about his future is Jalen Smith. Uh, he's another interesting Euroleague, uh, uh, another interesting guard on the Euroleague market since many. Uh, playoff contenders wanted to have him on the roster. They still want to have him on the roster. Also, you know, some Eurocup power powerhouses uh, having uh, has him on uh, on their radar. Uh, Jalen Smith will play for uh, Phoenix Suns in the summer yeah. league. He is also drawing some uh, NBA attention. Uh, he would like to have the guaranteed deal, but for so far, it looks like that. At least for now, maybe two-way offer is uh, 
much more let's let's say the most likely scenario uh, uh, for him so it's still not clear yet if we will see him in the NBA or the EuroLeague the next uh, season Horacio do you have anything to add about any of these guys? Um, about Smith, uh, there there been uh, of course a lot of interest from from Euroleague. There was uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv interest. There was interest also, I believe, from Zalgiris uh, because yeah. he has been very very good in Germany uh, last summer. Also, Virtus Bologna tried to to sign him, but he decided to stay in Germany. Uh, so I believe that he has some chances of getting an NBA deal. He also had a workout with the Philadelphia 76ers before joining the the Suns in the summer league but as you said probably it's it's more likely that he will land like a two-way contract or something like that and uh, also the same thing for Cordinier I believe that in the end he's gonna is gonna land with the Brooklyn Nets because his NBA rights are owned by Brooklyn for Cordinier he has been very very particular situation because there were so many Euroleague teams that wanted him so many uh, the Spanish teams uh, Valencia Barcelona Real Madrid they all made some inquiries about him Maccabi Tel Aviv really really wanted him but a lot of teams understood quickly that he was going to wait for the NBA so in order to sign him they would need to wait at least until the end of August and many teams they were just not willing to wait so much for for that even milan asked for the player but they realized that he was going to wait that he was going to wait for the nba and so they moved on to to other targets so yeah you can find our top 10s on uh, basketnews.com uh, what is exciting that usually now we're uh, having this pod on 6th of August, usually the market here in Europe is closed. It was usually more or less closed in the NBA in previous seasons. Uh, but now, you know, uh, after the COVID break, uh, the free agency uh, was postponed from the beginning of July to the beginning of August. And it's a complete game changer. So even if we are in the beginning of August, we have... Uh, uh, we're gonna, you know, watch and follow some very exciting uh, free agency move moves, both in the Euroleague and both in the NBA. So, as I said, you know, this summer is so intense. There's so much basketball happening. There's so much uh, other stuff happening. So we're just gonna wait and see uh, what will happen. Yeah, uh, as you said, this summer is a little bit different because the start of the NBA free agency is a little bit unusual. It's not, it's not in August usually, but of course, because of the uh, delays of due to COVID, uh, this summer is going to be a little bit different. Uh, but it's probably also, hopefully, is going to be the last time that it's going to be like that because starting from the next season, NBA should be back on his regular schedule. And so that uh, that will take away some conflicts from the European and the NBA market. Yeah, so this is it. Horacio Kauke, Donato Surbonas. Uh, thanks a lot for your attention. And you guys can follow us on uh, Basket News channel uh, on YouTube. Also, Urbonus podcast on Spotify. And, of course, basketnews.com.